And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. We're not quite live on YouTube, and I gotta, um, uh, I don't even know if it's worth the, the stretch of my arm. That's when you really wonder if something's got any value at all, going, I don't think that's even worth the stretch of my arm. Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages, and welcome to Living on a Thin Line with a Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. We come to you every day at 2 p.m. our time. I don't know what time it is where you are, but if it's nighttime, it's the right time. Um, we come to you every day. We are your daily distraction by all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. We come to you on three platforms, Comedy Schools, Radio Network.com, YouTube Comedy Schools, of course, right here on Facebook Live. Uh, the show is built around three things, the platform, the tent poles that hold up the creative input that we're able to pour into this are built on three things. One, questions and comments from you, the audi, on uh, the aforementioned uh, social media platforms where we attempt to comment back or answer questions. Uh, then um, we usually have some knickknack or oddity or autograph or some rarity that we then share with you and try to weave some sort of story around. And then we recommend one artist or one piece of music based off of our vast vinyl album and CD collection. We also have dogs barking in the background and grandsons lurking with cats in the background. So all kinds of fun things are going on here in the room as I speak with you. It is, uh, it is a sweet bedlam indeed. Uh, man, we're getting close on this election. We are getting close on this election. The pandemic is still burning through our nation and we still got to go out and vote. I got to tell you, Even me with my sort of, I want to believe that all people are good. I know that they're not. I think human beings are amoral. That's why we have to teach children right from wrong. Um, but even with all of that, I am a little stunned at what we see some people who uh, have their uh, hands on the levers of power do during a time like this. This should have been a time when the entire nation came together as one. And the world will live as one to combat this virus and realize that certain sacrifices have to be made, not just by some, not by a few, but all, in order to move back to a more functionable, a functioning society similar to what we had prior. But from the outset, you, know, you expect grousing from, you know, everybody. You know, everybody grouses. People grouse about, hey, they're supposed to pick up the trash cans at two to pick them up at four. We, we are a grousing, grousing species. But to see the people that run things actually try to demand that people have to go out and stand in line and vote and try to uh, reduce the ability of people to vote, make it more difficult for people to vote, uh, uh, basically putting people in harm's way uh, for what appears to be a political agenda is just, I don't know what to say about that. You know, you told me it was Germany in the 30s. They go, yeah, that, that makes sense. Or, or Imperial Japan, you know, or uh, uh, even Imperialist Tsarist Russia at the beginning of the 20th century, or Russia under the yoke of Vladimir Lenin in the 1920s. They go, yeah, that makes sense. Those people did some horrible stuff. Thank God it doesn't happen here. And lo and behold, a version of it happens here. All that being said, uh, my wonderful wife and I, Shirley, have already voted. Uh, we have an organization called Clean Elections out here in Arizona. They had a van go around and does pickups. It's an independent organization ran by really good people. 
and uh, we uh, dropped our ballot off. We were able to check with the state. We were able to check with the state, and um, uh, our ballot has been accepted. And, uh, um, and my write-in for Bo Diddley uh, seems to be accepted. No, I did not write Bo Diddley in, but uh, there's been elections where I thought, man, I'll just write in Bo Diddley. So uh, we did all of our voting. It is all done. And uh, by the way, everything on the news says right now that if you are voting by mail and you have not yet mailed in your ballot, too late. And you better, you better get down to a post office where it can be dropped off or to a, an appropriate drop bo a box. Unfortunately, if you live in the great state of Tejas, Texas, there's only one ballot drop box per county, no matter how big that county is, and that is a big state. All right, so it is Friday, and uh, I'm doing my best to concentrate and have some fun. Um, got good things going on for you this weekend, and good things coming up for you for the rest of the year. Uh, starting tonight, uh, tonight we have, um, hold on, I, I'm starting to get some comments here. Hello, Kevin Brown. Hello, Ernesto Ortiz. Hello, Champ de Blasio. Nancy Eamon says, my neck hurts from shaking my head day after day after day. That's true, man. We're almost giving ourselves whiplash. Not because of ideological stances, but because of some of the weird, dark insanity that we see going on around us. Uh, I got fun things going on this weekend for you. Uh, tomorrow, we take off from the show. We take, uh, we take a Saturday break. Sunday, I'll be back at 2 p.m. with more fun in the Arizona sun for you, uh, comedic-wise. Um, then uh, tonight and tomorrow night at JP's Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com, 860 East Warner Road. We have none other headlining than none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Jonathan Gregory. Jonathan Gregory. Jonathan Gregory is one of the funniest guys in America. I don't care what anyone says. If you don't believe me and you're in the greater Gilbert area, hightail it on down there. Safe social distancing. Wear a mask. Heck, if you want to buy a ticket and then wait outside till the headliner comes on, go ahead and do it. However you want to function, we are uh, there to function at the junction of Warner and uh, whatever road it is, Gilbert. Warner and Gilbert. Or is it Warner and Gilbert? No. I forget. I forget what the cross street is. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry I don't remember cross street. We got a great show for you. I'm going to be lining up some uh, live in person yet uh, shot on Zoom shows coming up before the end of the year for all of our friends all over North America. Heck, South America too. East America, West America, Northeast America, Southwest, everywhere, everywhere. Even if you live in Russia, you'd be able to see these Zoom shows. They're going to be broadcast live from JP's. I'm working on that. Going to bring that to you. Going to bring that to you. Uh, I got that going on. Um, what have I got going on today? Not a lot. It's Friday. And what I've spent most of my morning when I've been working is uh, just booking some fine comics into JP's. People ask me what my uh, booking philosophy is with comics. So that changes over time. That changes over time. And there's other factors. But right now, what I, Jim and I, are really concentrating on is Phoenix, the greater Phoenix area, has some of the funniest comics in the nation. Some of the most unique comics in the nation. Some of the most diverse comics in the nation. From guys who've only got five minutes to guys who've got five hours. We have national headliners that live here. We have people who are just starting. 
but it is it is it seems to be a uh, boiling cauldron of uh, strong attempts at originality and authenticity. This local comedy scene, and because of that we got a lot of great headliners. So we right now are putting our focus on booking legitimate, strong, could be if they wanted to be, or already are, national headliners at JPs. You know, people will say, years ago, I started booking comics in Arizona, and I was booking local comics, and uh, some of the local comics came in and goes, hey man, when are you going to bring in like some out-of-town headliners? And I go, um, why should I? And they go, well, you know, just, you know, so I go, because then that would, in your, your way, in your mind's eye, make this legitimate? I go, okay, I'll give me your spots. They went, no, Warner and Lindsay, thank you. That is the junction. That is the vortex. You're the vortexes, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Brown just put up the uh, cross streets for me. Thank you, my good friend, Kevin. Uh, by the way, a heck of a guy, a funny guy. Uh, a lot of times, you stop there Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night. Kevin's down there working out set, and uh, you should check it out because uh, it is good, good stuff. Um, somehow, it airs legitimacy that we fly someone in from some other state. I always thought that was ridiculous. I always thought that was ridiculous. We're not at the level of Los Angeles where, you know, every major star uh, of stage and screen lives there and they'll drive over, you know, from their house in West LA to the comedy store or something like that. We're not there, okay? But we've certainly got some incredibly funny people. And you owe it to yourself if you're looking to have some fun to go out and check it out. Check it out. You know where I got that? Check it out. That was, it still is, I guess, the uh, trademark uh, line of one Angel Salazar. Angel Salazar is a guy who really lives the life and lives it hard. Uh, just to give you an example, uh, the last time I saw Angel, we were interviewing him on our morning radio show, and he came in, I go, can you, I get you anything? He goes, uh, Tequila. And I laughed. He goes, no, I'm serious. Do you have any tequila? And then he was promptly arrested that weekend for non-payment of spousal support uh, right as he'd come off stage at the old Scottsdale Laugh Factory. Funny, funny guy. Been around since the 80s. Angel Salazar was in the movie Scarface. He's the little short guy that becomes uh, Tony Montana's right-hand man towards the end. He goes, what are we going to do now, boss? What are we going to do? We go to war. That's Angel Salazar, funny guy. And his, his moniker, his catchphrase was, Check it out. And it's always stayed with me. All right. You know what? I'm rambling. I'm rambling. I got rambling on my mind. Let's get to the stuff, shall we? So what I got for you right now is uh, there's a comic book store that has opened up in Maricopa. How do you know that we are a legitimate city? How do you know that we are now a major metropolis? How do you know that we have a vast and deep urban core? In the city of Maricopa, I'll tell you how you know. We've got our own, our own, very own comic book store. That's right. That's what the guy sells, comic books. Does he sell novels and magazines and comic books? No. Does he sell novels and comic books? No. Does he sell magazines and comic books? No. He sells comic books. And pop figures and cards. Yeah, but they all have to do with comics. Yeah. Yes. Getting uh, information from... Uh, from the, the home office, which is currently playing with toys under my uh, desk. Actually, Why don't you stick your head up here and say hi to the people? I already did. No, you didn't say hi. You just kind of bopped in and bopped out like people thought it was a mistake. Not like an official member of the show. 
I mean, you're a legitimate member. My grandson Sullivan is a legit. My my wife Shirley is a legitimate producer. My grandson is a legitimate uh, part of this show, and you can't just be popping up and popping out. You have a responsibility, uh, Sullivan, to the people who tune in every day. Fine. Okay. Fine. There we go. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there he is, Sullivan Ramirez, ladies and gentlemen. You just saw his face. Okay. Um, anyway, there's a comic book store. There, there he is. There he is. Giving you that sort of movie star wave. Hi, everybody. And then off. Very cool. There, that's, that's nice. You're showing people a trash can. That's entertainment, Sullivan. A trash can. So uh, anyway, you guys, uh, comic book store here in Maricopa. And that is bad news for me. Because, you know, many years ago, I dealt with my addictions to drugs and alcohol and uh, other major uh, negative lifestyle issues. But I still got that little obsessive compulsive thing in me. And you, I cannot walk into a comic book store without spending money. As a matter of fact, yesterday, we were out for lunch, Shirley and Sullivan and I. Um, and we try to go to a different place every day for lunch. It's kind of hard to do in this town since there's only about five restaurants. We go to a different place every day. Um, someone's trying to call me right now. And what I want to bet is that it's one of the comics I called earlier today to uh, give them a gig. And that might already be gone. Might already be gone. Now they're trying to call me during my radio show. I will not answer while I'm doing my podcast. Anyway, we were out and Sullivan goes, hey, why don't we go buy the comic book store? And I said, no, we spent 50 bucks at the comic book store yesterday. He goes, we could just window shop. I go, I do not have that ability. I do not have that ability. Frederick Scott says, if you want to chase a kid away, tell him he has to stay. Is that a kid or a cat, Fred? Uh, Coy Johnson is watching. Hey, Coy, how you doing? Charles Kaminsky. Say hi to everybody whose name pops up. Sometimes we find out people are watching and um, their names doesn't pop up. Anyway, here's a comic I bought at the comic book store. There it is. It is The Defenders. And I got it for like a buck. Okay, sold it to me for a, lot of, for a buck. It's not in great shape. It's got some little tears. And oh, this one's in pretty good shape. This is The Defenders. is a Marvel comic books group. This particular issue called uh, the story we had to call Doomball. You can see right there that the Hulk is in a lot of trouble. Look at that. The Hulk is in a lot of trouble. You see the Hulk right now? You know what he looks like? He looks like a Donald Trump supporter next Wednesday. He's in a lot of trouble. Oh, he's in pain. The Hulk's in pain. The other fight's still going on. All of that. Good guys and bad guys all hanging around. Uh, the Defenders was one of those amalgamation comics. See, all these guys had their own comic. But this was a combination of the mysterious Doctor Strange, the vibrant Valkyrie. She's a girl, you can tell. Doctor Doom. Okay. Uh, no, it wasn't Doctor Doom. It was Doctor Strange. Doctor Doom's a bad guy. The Savage Submariner and the High-Flying Nighthawk and the Incredible Hulk. Nancy Eamon says, Hi, Sullivan. Showing a trash can is appropriate commentary on the mood of the country. So uh, you got a little approval there. Um, these guys all had their own line of comics. There was a Hulk comic. There was a, uh, 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 a Valkyrie comic. But then, here was the problem. Can I tell you the problem? Right, I'm going to get to the problem here. So when I was a little kid, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, all the way up to about 12, I loved comic books. And comic books are laid out like a cereal. Not like a breakfast cereal, not like Captain Crunch, but like a story. 
And there's a character, and the character has a through line. And at first I loved Superman. Superman. And the Superman comics had a through line in a story. But then they'd have World's Finest. They would have a totally separate line. And sometimes a totally separate artist. And that messed with me. That messed with my sense of justice and reality. Which one is the truth and which one is the lie? The Superman who I'm following in the Superman comics or the Superman in the action comics or the Superman in the world's finest comics or the guest appearances he makes with the Justice League? It messed me up. Marvel, for a while, everybody just had their own comic. There was groups, Fantastic Four, four people together. This is the Hulk, by the way, eh? who sometimes was a good guy or a bad guy. Never, nobody ever really knew. Originally was Gray and uh, all these other people. Let me repeat them for you. It was the Vibrant Valkyrie. The Vibrant Valkyrie, uh, Doctor Strange, Submariner, Nighthawk, and the Hulk. Uh, evildoers tremble at the names. Evil, here's what it says. Evildoers tremble at the names. For these five form the crux of the greatest non-team in history. Heroes called together only when the need arises to battle menaces that threaten the security, the very life of the planet Earth. So, man, it sounds like we need, uh, we need uh, uh, Doctor Strange and Valkyrie and the Hulk and Nighthawk right now. And Roscoe. And Roscoe. Yes, yeah, if, if uh, Sullivan and I were drawing it, we'd throw in... Uh, we threw in the dog Roscoe. Okay? So this one came out in 1974. I was not reading comic books anymore by 1974. I was uh, 18, 19 years old. I was seeking my pleasures in different places. But every once in a while, I'd walk into a drugstore, some other store, and there'd be a comic book rack. And uh, the art hadn't changed yet from the mid-late 60s when I was reading comic books by the mid-70s. And I'd see something like this, and it remind me when I was a little boy and we'd moved out from the city of St. Louis, right around this time in 1965. The day after the arch was completed in St. Louis, or two days afterwards, we moved from a place where you could walk to the St. Louis arch practically out to House Springs, Missouri. And it was a tough time for me. A tough time. And it was Halloween. Halloween weekend or Halloween or the day after Halloween, right around that time in 1965, it was a tough time for me. And what saved my soul when I was 10 was not rock and roll. What saved my soul was Spider-Man, Superman, The Hulk, Justice League, Fantastic Four, Wonder Woman, and all the rest. Because as the world seemed to be in turmoil for me, as I moved out to a whole new group of kids who I didn't know, who didn't like me, to a family that was really kind of in flux itself because of the move and concerns and anxieties, to a place where I could walk out my front door and within about 20 steps be at a local confectionery. Now it was two miles to anything, usually in the mud because it was wintertime. I found solace and comfort in those stories, in those beautifully written and beautifully drawn stories of heroes and superheroes. Many of them outcast themselves. So I guess that's why I show them to you on this show. Okay? Uh, anyway, that's that. Uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph, I want to pronounce your name pro properly, but I may not. Otinio is watching from Kenya, Africa. Welcome, Joseph. Pray for our nation, Kenya, as the virus second phase numbers are going up. Joseph, we certainly do. We certainly do. We pray for you, sir, and all of, uh, all of the nation of Kenya. This virus is a pandemic. It is worldwide. 
It deserves and needs a worldwide response. For the last 100 years, for the last 120 years, when a worldwide response was needed to a crisis, the world could count on the United States. Has the United States made mistakes? Have we overplayed? Have we, uh, have we, stepped, uh, have we stepped on, uh, uh, have we uh, stepped too heavily when we should have tread lightly? Have we done some things? Yes, we have. But for the last 120 years, at least, from the dawn of the 20th century, all the way up until recently, when there was a worldwide problem, you could count on the United States. Such is not the case right now. Hopefully, my friends, hopefully, my friends, that will change starting next Tuesday. And hopefully, Joseph, you have a nation and you have a government and you have a people who will be able to pull together and deal with it locally and regionally and nationally. And that hopefully within a few months, all nations will be able to pull together. Because if we do, we can beat this thing. We can lick this thing. We can stop it. We can stop it from the smallest village in India, from the cities in Kenya, all the way, all the way to New York City and Los Angeles. All right. Okay. All right. Hey, Armand, how are you? All right. Let's get to the music, shall we? You know what I saw popping up when I was uh, looking right now is that um, I'm in this uh, hor horrifically contentious, the insanity that has gripped our country has gripped everywhere. I'm in a horrifically contentious election to be on the board of directors for my homeowner association something i wasn't even going to do this time i go i told shirley I go, i'm not going to run this time and then i was talked into it by other people I go tone just run do two more years you know in service to your community and i go okay all right i'll do it and in the interim some people who um acting on what only time will tell uh not only decided to run which is fine it's fine it's great but run by um some pretty darn interesting means, uh, which have caused uh, quite a bit of consternation. What are they now? I, I'm looking at my wife and going, here's something I didn't want to do. I'm having to fight like hell right now to be able to do just because I took on the responsibility. Look, a lot of you know me from a long time ago. You know I'm a goofball. You know I'm a comic. You know that I've always liked the trip to light, light fantastic. I like a good laugh. I like a good joke or smoke, although I no longer smoke. But sometimes, and I, I will just tell you this right now, Sometimes you take on a responsibility. And this silly election to be on this board so I can deal with drainage. And if the, uh, the uh, large water company out here is going to raise our rate so much that it'll be uh, problematic for our homeowners and all this other exciting, sexy stuff. It's been turned into something else. And I'm not doing it for power. There's no power. I'm doing it because it's responsibility. And I do my best to see my responsibilities through. Maybe because I didn't so much when I was a kid. I don't know. Anyway, look, I, want to get, I just saw that pop up that they're all talking about something. They formed a political party. They call themselves the replacements. It's five people. Three of them are retired. Some are school teachers. And they've all decided that, we're, that I'm an ogre. And uh, it's a bizarre thing to watch. Um, and a lot of it's Facebook. I just saw a... Uh, a uh, very funny uh, uh, member of our uh, comedy community in the greater Phoenix area happens to be a woman who someone created a fake f uh, Facebook account and then put up the most horrific stuff about her, you know, and I go, and I actually called her and said, how you doing? And I says, I know how that feels. Not just from this, from other things. 
when all of a sudden you just turn on your phone and you see something saying something horrible about you, which isn't true. Facebook has done so much to hurt so many people. Hopefully, with shows like this, we turned it around. Let's talk about Lucinda Williams. Lucinda Williams. There she is right there. Lucinda Williams. Okay? And this is an older CD of hers. It's called Car Wheels on a Gravel Road. And I think that it uh, was one of her more popular CDs. Lucinda Williams has a voice that I best describe as a country girl, moved to the city, like to do some speed, end up finding herself in a Motel 6 with a biker, okay? Spend a weekend with a biker in a Motel 6 that uh, had uh, equal combinations of fighting and lovemaking and drinking and praying and came out of it the better and the stronger. She has a voice like nothing I've ever heard before. Not the beautiful high octaves of, uh, not the beautiful, you know, the beautiful songbird st style of Linda Ronstadt or Emmylou Harris, you know, not the husky, dusky sound of Stevie Nicks, but the sound of someone who learned how to play on a broke down guitar in front of a barn at her grandpa's house because her mom, her dad took off and her mom was working in the city. You know, she's just feeling by herself and only had those strings to keep her company. This girl kicks some hippie ass with that voice. And once again, if, someone, if someone's going to capture the sound of poor southern people in a rural town or some dusty, dusty, middle-of-nowhere Texas place and be able to find the poetry in the desolation, it is Lucinda Williams. She finds the poetry in the desolation. Um... The uh, song we're going to recommend from this album is Car Wheels on a Gravel Road. Car Wheels on a Gravel Road. Now, Lucinda has been just kicking ass on uh, social media lately. She is, um, she, uh, that's right. There's a second curse word. Uh, she's just doing it on social media lately uh, by doing a lot of uh, Zoom shows and uh, uh, internet concerts. And she's got something coming up. I just saw, Google her, Lucinda Williams. We're going to put up this song for you. Lucinda Williams and check it out. She something is wonderful. You're going to want to listen to her. Lucinda Williams today is my gift to you. The song that we're going to recommend is Car Wheels on the Gravel Road. Once you hear that, just YouTube the goofiness out of her. Matter of fact, buy one of her albums. Help her out. So many of those people are struggling right now. Their, their industry, like mine, has disappeared. Okay, And they're having to find new ways to bring what they do to people. But check her out. Lucinda Williams, Car Wheels on a Gravel Road is the name of the CD. Car Wheels on a Gravel Road is the song that we're recommending. Listen to it. You'll be glad you did. Uh, Angela Fox just asked real quick about uh, the water company. She goes, is it American Water Company? We got screwed over when Cave Creek bought our small water company. Meter fee, $60. 100 bill is the norm. No, Angela, we are global water. Global water. So I didn't want to end the show on that, but uh, I wanted to answer Angela. All right, and I'm glad I did, and I'm glad she's watching. I'm wrapping it up. I'm going to go down to JP's Comedy Club tonight for one or two of the shows to work out new stuff. I'm not saying it'll be entertaining. It might be a little goofy as they work out new material, but I'll, that's where I'll be if you're going to stop in and say hi through a uh, glass window. All right, my friends. Thank you very much. I'll see you Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Living on a thin line. Bye-bye.